It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 430 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Bye Bye Bobby. It is October 13, 2023, and this is Jen. I'm going to start off today with the BlizzCon collection that has something to do with BlizzCon, obviously. I think if you're going in person, you probably get a bunch of these things, if not all of them. If not, you can uh, purchase them online basically and there's a whole bunch of stuff in here so let's just take a look at it i'm gonna just look at the diablo stuff because that's kind of what we're here for so there's items here apparently unless they're talking about games now i'm looking at the blizzcon collection okay so within the blizzcon collection there is um stuff for different it's different prices i think and different um packs and things like that and it's got most of the games in there so there is one that gives you um, a couple of horses in Diablo 4 there's a banner for Diablo 4 there's like a Lilith looking sort of helmet and a premium battle pass thing I'm not sure exactly what that is I'm going to click on it and see if it does anything no it doesn't okay there's also a smaller one um, that's got one horse the Lilith looking helmet and the banner and then there's a third one or is that the third one yeah, so there's a few of these. If you're going to BlizzCon, you're going to get these anyway, plus probably all the Hearthstone and Overwatch and uh, World of Warcraft and things like that. So, um, you know, you can you can get into that or not. It's up to you. I'm not really concerned about it too much. You know, I don't know what it's going to cost, but I think there's actually a thing here that might tell me about it. So this is talking about the BlizzCon collection. It's on the BlizzCon.com page. And there's a pack you can choose of this. So here's what you can do. Uh, there's one called the BlizzCon Collection Epic Pack, and this is the one that has like a bunch of things in it. Well, they both do, I guess. So the Epic Pack is, it's got one horse for Diablo 4. It's a banner for Diablo 4 and like a Lilith looking helmet. It's got some Hearthstone cards. It's got some interesting little World of Warcraft looking things. There's a thousand... Uh, credits in overwatch and a murky weapon charm and a mystery name card there's asterisks after the mystery name card so i'm not too sure what that means hearthstone has a blizzcon 2023 card back plus five standard packs and five golden standard packs there's a warcraft rumble thing i think i talked about before possibly and that one is the murloc cobalt portrait and skin uh going back to world of warcraft it's a yurgle pet i think it's a it's a Yurgle pet and the Chilling Celebration banner toy. And as far as the Diablo 4 stuff for this pack, it is the Ferocious Lapis Vein Mount, the Cobalt Ensign Mount Trophy, and the Demon Mother Countenance, Countenance Mount Trophy. There is an asterisk after that, and I'd really like to see what that means. Um, so it's got two dots about the uh, Mother's Countenance Mount Trophy. No, it's got one. It's got one dot there. So when we go to the bottom here, it says limitations apply. See the Battle.net store page for more details. So maybe that's going to be like a very limited thing to get. I'm not sure. There's another. There's a legendary pack. And this one gets you the Bound Blizzard Flying Mount, 
the Diablo 4 Fearsome Midnight Harness Armor with another asterisk for your mount and a premium battle pass redeemable for any one season. There's another asterisk there. Uh, Overwatch 2, the Drowned Warrior Sigma Epic Skin, as well as a Season 7 Premium Battle Pass. The Hearthstone one is a Mystery Signature Legendary card. That one's got three asterisks, and it will be available in November. And Warcraft Rumble is the Murloc Tower Skin. So if you want any of those, there's buttons on here that say Buy Now, and you can get them. I'm not sure if they're splitting up the games or if you're getting all this stuff or, or how that works, but I guess we'll find out eventually. Um, I've said before, I'm not going to BlizzCon this year because I am immune compromised and I don't think my immune system is going to handle all those people this year. Around, this year, It's just, I feel like it's too much for me to go to, but if, if there's like an online looking one, maybe I'll try that or team up with someone else who might want to talk about this while it's live. Um, I don't know, but that's like the goodies you can get. <laughs> For this other interesting news possibly the most interesting news is that phil spencer ceo of microsoft gaming published on xbox news or xbox wire i think they're calling it now and it's an it's an announcement and it's titled welcoming the legendary teams at activision blizzard king to team xbox it's a little long but i'll read you most of this everything else beyond that probably has some pieces of it but this is the thing we love gaming. We play games, create games, and know firsthand how much gaming means to all of us as individuals and collectively as a community. And today we officially welcome Activision Blizzard and their teams to Xbox. They are the publishers of some of the most played and most beloved franchises in gaming history across console, PC, and mobile. From Pitfall to Call of Duty, World of Warcraft to Overwatch, Candy Crush Saga to Farm Hero Saga, their stories, their studios, have published the boundaries of gaming for players around the world. Phil Spencer continues, I've long admired the work of Activision, Blizzard, and King, and the impact they've had on gaming, entertainment, and pop culture. Whether it was late nights spent playing the Diablo 4 campaign with friends from start to finish, gathering the entire family in the rec room for our weekly Guitar Hero Night, or going on an epic streak in Candy Crush, some of my most memorable gaming moments came from experiences their studios have created. It is incredible to welcome such legendary teams to Xbox. As one team, we'll learn, innovate, and continue to deliver on our promise to bring the joy and community of gaming to more people. We'll do this in a culture that strives to empower everyone to do their best work, where all people are welcome, and is centered on our ongoing commitment of gaming for everyone. We are intentional about inclusion in everything we do at Xbox, from our team to the products we make and the stories we tell, to the way our players interact and engage as a wider gaming community. Together, we'll create new worlds and stories, bring your favorite games to more places so more players can join in and will engage with and delight players in new innovative ways in the places they love to play including mobile cloud streaming and more players have always been at the center of everything we do and as we grow we'll continue to keep players at the heart of it all we'll continue to listen to your feedback build a community where you can be yourself where developers can do their best work and continue to make really fun games 
As promised, we will also continue to make more games available in more places. And that begins now, by enabling cloud streaming providers and players to stream Activision Blizzard games in the European Economic Area, a commitment made to the European Commission. Today we start the work to bring beloved Activision Blizzard and King franchises to Game Pass and other platforms. We'll share more about when you can expect to play in the coming months. We know you're excited, and we are too. For the millions of fans who love Activision, Blizzard, and King games, we want you to know that today is a good day to play. You are the heart and soul of these franchises, and we are honored to have you as part of our community. Whether you play on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, or mobile, you are welcome here, and will remain welcome even if Xbox isn't where you play your favorite franchise. Because when everyone plays, we all win. We believe our news today will unlock a world of possibilities for more ways to play. Thank you for the ongoing support. We have so much more to come in the months ahead. I'm excited for the future and cannot wait to share it with you. So that's from CEO Phil Spencer. And then Activision posted something on October 13th, which is today. It is a corporate news thing, and it's titled A New Chapter. Combining with Microsoft will enable us to deliver more fun, more joy, and more connection to more players, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick writes. Or is it Kotick? I'm not sure. But here's, here's what he wrote. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick sent the following email to employees. Team. Today marks a milestone in our company's celebrated history. Combining with Microsoft will bring new resources and new opportunities to our extraordinary teams worldwide. It will also enable us to deliver more fun, more joy, and more connection to more players than ever before. This moment is possible because of your efforts over four decades to innovate, inspire, and achieve. When Brian Kelly and I began this journey in 1991, says Bobby Kotick, we intended to build a company that would have great impact and lasting value. Your tireless work and unwavering commitment to excellence enabled us to do just that. In the 1980s, we pioneered independent third-party game development with Pitfall, River Raid, and Kaboom. How many of you are old enough to remember playing those? Because I am. In the 1990s, we united the world with online multiplayer games like MechWarrior, Warcraft, and StarCraft. In the 2000s, we introduced Call of Duty, which became one of the most successful entertainment franchises in history. We also introduced Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, which entered popular culture in ways few video games ever have. In the 2010s, we debuted Candy Crush Saga, which to date has been downloaded more than 5 billion times and contributed to our total worldwide players being 50% female. Your dedication is what makes it possible for us to continually push envelopes, break records, and delight players. Amid the uncertainty of the last 21 months, you've remained focused, as always, on serving our players and supporting each other. I have long said that I am fully committed to helping with the transition. Phil has asked me to stay on as CEO of ABK, reporting to him, and we have agreed that I will do that through the end of 2023. We both look forward to working together on a smooth integration for our teams and players. Brian and I couldn't be more excited for the next chapter of ABK. We now join one of the most successful global companies, poised for unprecedented opportunities to connect the world through our games. As part of Microsoft, we will be even better together. Bobby. On that note, um, that's that's the press release thing or the thing he sent out to the workers. Ars Technica has a different headline. CEO Bobby Kotick will leave Activision Blizzard on January 1, 2024. Uh, here's some pieces from that. Uh, Bobby Kotick, Kotick, 
I'm never sure of this. CEO of Activision Blizzard emailed employees after news of Microsoft's successful $69 billion acquisition to say he was, quote, fully committed to helping with the transition, end quote, and that he would stay on as CEO through the end of 2023. Kodak's statement left some ambiguity about his plans for 2024, but Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reports that on January 1, Kotech will depart. It's, quote, a massive change for the video game industry, Shire writes, which seems almost restrained given Kotech's longevity and recent history. Several employees Schreier spoke to are very excited for this deal to go through, specifically to see leadership change. Kodak, who has led Activision for more than 30 years and orchestrated its merger with Blizzard, had considered stepping down late in 2021 following a lawsuit from the state of California alleging a, quote, frat boy culture rife with pay disparity and sexual harassment. A Wall Street Journal report alleged that Kotek failed to act on hundreds of abuse allegations within the company and also kept the company's board of directors in the dark. Activision was also sued by its shareholders and pressured by state treasurers over its secrecy and responses regarding the California lawsuit. All of this led to an employee walkout and calls for Kotick's resignation. There's a little bit more in this article, but this is probably enough for now. I'll read you one more paragraph, though. Kodak stood fast through the flurry of criticism in 2021. In early 2022, Microsoft announced its intent to buy Activision, and the timing, according to reports from Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal, was not a coincidence. Kodak, according to Bloomberg, didn't want to sell but had little leverage with Activision's board to refuse an offer. Microsoft's purchase at $95 per share compared to the roughly $65 per share when the deal was announced offered Kotick both a financial and narrative graceful exit, according to the journal sources. There's a little more in there, but yeah, that's the thing. That is the thing right there. So, you know, that's why I titled the show Bye, Bobby. You know, <laughs> Bye-bye, Bobby, that thing. Yeah. PC Gamer has an article published two days ago by Harvey Randall. At Activision's internal meeting, inexplicably hosted by James Corden, Bobby Kotick, Kotick? I'm going to go with Kotick, uh, promises a new dimension of emotional connection powered by AI. This just makes me cringe internally and be like, oh God, no, don't make these games AI. This is just, oh my God, no. So here's what's written by PC Gamer. As reported by Windows Central, sources have shared the inside details of an internal town hall yesterday between Activision CEO Bobby Kotek and Activision Blizzard employees. This was apparently hosted by James Corden. In case you're not familiar, Corden's known for his role in the beloved British sitcom Gavin and Stacey, movies like Into the Woods, hosting The Late Late Show, and disrupting traffic to promote Cinderella by hip-thrusting in a mouse outfit. So perhaps a bizarre choice, but sure. James Corden hosted an internal town hall at Activision Blizzard. Stranger things have happened somewhere, presumably. Kodak spoke to, to Corden about how the company's leadership culture, one he describes as magic and special, that's Disney, right, uh, would continue. The CEO also spoke on the future of AI in Activision's future games. Quote, if you look at the new technologies that are on the horizon, we're going to be able to do things that we've never done before with AI and machine learning. We have characters on the screen and video games with mouth movements and facial animation that is realistic. You're going to have a new dimension of emotional connection that we've not yet mastered. The writer says, I am not exactly sure how AI specifically machine learning stuff has anything 
anything to do with realistic animation. One of the best physical acting we've seen as of late has been from Baldur's Gate 3, which was achieved through motion capture of over 200 actors, which animators then translated fully into the game. There's a lot of techno wizardry going on to achieve that, but part of me wonders, says the writer, if Kotex missing his terms here. Granted, AI could nix a lot of the busy work in the right hands. Parentheses. 2018's Into the Spider-Verse used some machine learning to that effect. End of parentheses. So I can see a future where AI helps clean up process. On the other hand, realistic graphics aren't required for emotional connection. Some of the most heartfelt, tear-jerking stories have come from indie games on shoestring budgets, achieved by humble pixels. Still, AI is definitely going to form a part of Activision Blizzard's creative makeup in the future, considering they've already patented their own in-house systems. Oh, I did not know that. Holy cow. There's a little more in here. Kotek also highlighted Elon Musk's Neuralink as an example of technological advancement he's keen to see develop. Now, it is my understanding the Neuralink thing was something they put in monkeys and it didn't go well for the monkeys from what I've read. So maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I've read that on different sites and not this article. So maybe don't go into Neuralink, okay? Uh, Kotek said, I talked a little earlier about the physical experience of interacting with something on screen. I think you'll see things like Neuralink. You'll be able to interact with things on the screen where there isn't a controller. I just see unlimited potential for what we do. This to me says that Bobby would like to put chips in everyone's head and control them. I mean, this is creepy. Um, there's more to this article, but that's probably all you need to know right now. And Engadget wrote, Microsoft officially owns Activision Blizzard, ending a 21-month battle with regulators. This is written by Chris Holt on uh, actually today. The biggest acquisition in gaming history and one of the largest in the tech industry is in the books. 21 months after the deal was announced, Microsoft has bought Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, the largest acquisition in the company's history. CEO of Microsoft Gaming Phil Spencer has asked Activision CEO Bobby Kotick to stay on until the end of 2023, at which point he'll be leaving the company. It's been a long road filled with plenty of twists and turns to get to this point. The UK's Competition and Markets Authority CMA initially blocked the deal in April, though it and the companies agreed to pause Microsoft's appeal to try and resolve the regulators' reservations over the merger, uh, over the merger's impact, sorry, on the cloud gaming industry. An Appeal Tribune approved a request to delay the proceedings. In an attempt to win over the UK regulator, Microsoft agreed to sell the cloud gaming rights for Activision Blizzard titles to Ubisoft. That means that not only should Activision Blizzard's games be on Xbox Game Pass, but they'll land on Ubisoft Plus and any other game streaming service Ubisoft decides to work with. Concerns about competition in the cloud gaming market was the CMA's reasoning for initially blocking Microsoft's takeover of Activision, but the watchdog said in September that the Ubisoft concession quote, opens the door to the deal being cleared. A few weeks later, the CMA has rubber-stamped the merger. I think in either the previous show or the one before that, I talked about the Lilith skin that was in Overwatch 2, and people were kind of excited about that. So here's Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and this is the article title. Overwatch 2 locks new Diablo 4 skins behind a bundle that cost as much as... Overwatch 1, and players aren't happy. The byline there says hell to pay, and there's definitely the uh, Moira Lilith skin in this picture. This is written by Matt Jarvis a couple days ago. 
Overwatch 2 is getting new skins that clothe Moira and Farah in the outfits of Diablo 4's Lilith and Denarius. Those skins are part of a new wave of cosmetics incoming for the game's Season 7 Rise of Darkness, but they're not part of the standard premium battle pass. Instead, they'll cost you another $40, as much as the whole Overwatch 1 did when it was first released. As you can imagine, people aren't too chuffed, which means, like, thrilled. Uh, they're not thrilled. The Lilith, Moira, and Denaria Farah, Farah? Farah skins are part of Overwatch 2's Ultimate Battle Pass bundle, which also include a pumpkin spice skin for Bastion, 2,000 Overwatch coins, which can be spent in the Hero Shooter in-game store, and 20 tier skips that will accelerate you through the Battle Pass to battle Pass unlock levels. While putting skins behind a premium Battle Pass purchase is nothing new, part of what's enraged a number of Overwatch 2 fans who have taken to the game's subreddit, its forums, and the comments on the latest season trailer to vent their disapproval is that the Diablo crossovers were heavily promoted during the run-up to the new season, only to be locked behind its most expensive tier. There's also no option to buy either skins separately or to buy the bundle with any saved in-game currency rather than real money. Quote, the skin that was the focus point of advertisements for this season is exclusive to the $40 bundle. Good job, Blizzard, one player wrote. Quote, casual reminder that Overwatch, the entire game, was $40 on release. Now we're paying that amount for a couple of skins and a battle pass, replied another. There is a picture here of the Anarius skin. You can see them both. And everything goes into the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com, so you'll be able to check it all out there. To continue, making things worse is the fact that Overwatch 2's premium battle pass includes its legendary pack sold for $50, but not the ultimate battle pass, meaning that players who bought the former will need to spend the full $40 to get the extra skins, with no apparent discount if you already have the other battle pass. It's not the first time that Overwatch 2's controversial battle pass system has come under fire. The move is likely to win over players already disappointed by the shooter's forced replacement of its predecessors fairly generous loot box system, cancellation of its promised PvE mode, and pricey cosmetics, all of which saw it plummet to become the worst-reviewed game on Steam, only contested by the steaming mess of NBA 2K24, not to mention all the other factors surrounding the game itself at Activision Blizzard these past few years. So there's that. There's a little bit more in the article. You can check it out for yourselves later. And now I have a bunch of stuff from Wowhead and other places. So Wowhead wrote six days ago, all general improvements coming to Diablo 4 in Season 2. This is written by Popular Topular, and there's just all this stuff in here. So the general improvements, let's start there, okay? General improvements. Scrolls of escape are now consumed if a hardcore player disconnects while in combat. Disconnects while in combat. Teleporting them to a safe location. That sounds excellent if you're playing hardcore. Incenses now grant a bonus to experience, and they perish after death. Experience bonuses are now multiplicative in the world tier bonus. 10 unlocked waypoints add to skip campaign two in each zone. Um, so two waypoints in each zone to skip, I guess. Uh, renowned rewards now persist between seasons and new characters. Overworld monsters in World Tier 3 and World Tier 4 no longer trail the player's level after levels 55 and 75, respectively, and two additional character slots. 
Other changes include renowned rewards becoming account-wide within the same game mode. That means that every renowned reward that you have previously unlocked will be automatically unlocked for every new character that you make going forward. The only caveat is that renowned progression is not shared between hardcore and softcore modes. Additional waypoints will also be automatically unlocked at the start of each season, which will make traveling around the world slightly easier for new characters. And then we have another one. Also written by Popular Topular, who wrote, Who are the Bloodseeker lieutenants in Diablo 4 Season 2? So here's what we know. Uh, while it is widely known that Diablo 4 Season of Blood will have players facing off against the vampire menace of Sanctuary, the team recently introduced the big bad of Season 2 in Lord Zir, that's Z-I-R, and his Bloodseeker lieutenants. In Diablo 4 Season 2, Bloodseekers are enemy barbarians, druids, necromancers, rogues, and sorcerers who, similar to our player characters, have been infected with vampirism. The difference is that while our characters have learned to weld their vampiric powers, Bloodseekers have lost themselves to vampirism and now serve under Lord Zir. Fighting against these bloodseekers will reward players with potent blood, which players will be able to use in order to upgrade their vampiric powers or unlock new ones. One of the best ways to find these bloodseekers is to use blood lures, which are rewarded for participating in the new open world event, Blood Harvest. These new enemies can also be found in the open world and within dungeons and are expected to provide players with more of a challenge than normal monsters. We're excited to fight against these vampire-infected adventurers when Season of Blood goes live on October 17. And then we have an official thing from Blizzard about the Diablo 4 thing. They've titled it Bite Down on Darkness in Season of Blood. So here's, uh, here's the thing. This was from the 4th. I don't know how much of this I've read to you already. I may have. But the main ideas here are, it starts off with uh, turn back Crimson Crimson Tides with Eris in a new quest. This is an NPC that's going to follow you around, or maybe you follow her around. And um, I think I did read like the storyline of this little bit. You can siphon the blood of your foes using vampiric powers. Uh, you can unpack your vampire power through your packed armor, which is interesting. There are three packs in pack types in total. Um, there's a reference here of shattered runic gloves that are one of them. Uh, from left to right, they're called Ferocity, Divinity, and Eternity. Keep your eyes peeled for chest armor, pants, gloves, boots, and helms containing packs that drop during Season of Blood because they are needed to activate your vampiric powers. Once you have both packed armor and vampiric powers equipped, you'll need to ensure that the armor you're wearing provides packs that match the activation cost listed on the power. Um, you can also customize, customize pack armor to your needs. Uh, and says you might not always have the armor with the right packs to activate the vampiric powers in your collection. The Dark Master servants have devised two types of items to remedy this situation. Standalone packs and cleansing acids. Standalone packs are used to add a specific type of pack to an item of your choice. This can only be done if the maximum amount of that packed type isn't already on that item. Cleansing acids are used to remove packs from an item, so that's pretty good. Bleed new blood into your build. Um, and you just start becoming like a vampire hunter kind of thing which sounds really good to me below are values that reflect each vampire po vampiric power sorry at their maximum level three anticipation is one divinity your ultimate sk skills gain 20 percent cooldown reduction your ultimate skills gain 12 percent increased damage for each nearby enemy affected by your damage over time effects coven's fangs is two divinity your conjuration companion minion and bat familiar we get a bat familiar cool attacks deal uh, attacks deal 52 percent increased damage to crowd controlled 
enemies. Lucky hit, your conjuration companion, minion, and bat familiar have up to a 30% chance to inflict vampiric curse when hitting enemies. Domination is only one ferocity. You will deal 24% increased damage to enemies who are stunned, immobilized, frozen, or feared. And if they're also injured and not an elite, they're instantly killed. Feed the Coven, one eternity. Lucky hit, conjuration, companion, minion, and bat familiar attacks have up to a 60% chance to restore 10 primary resource to you and increase your damage by 10% for four seconds. It goes on from here. There's a lot of stuff you can do in this and I'm hoping I'll be able to get into it. There's also major vampiric powers and I'm just gonna name them. There's an accursed touch, a bathe in blood, a blood boil, call familiar, uh, flowing Veins, Metamorphosis, and Moonrise. And there's just a, an event in here that is, let's see, Reap Hunter's Acclaim from the Blood Harvest Season event. When is that going to happen? Let's see. Um, probably when the season starts. And then there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, there is, let's see, Mount in here. I'm not really sure exactly what that's for or how you get that. There must be some way to do it, though. There's like there's two mounts in here. One of them looks like he's, on, he's kind of on fire. It's like a flaming horse, and the other one is um, kind of got like a bunch of armor on it, and I don't know. I'm not really sure. I guess I'll have to understand it when I jump into the game. GameSpot has an article titled Diablo 4 Discounted to Lowest Price Yet for Prime Day Round 2. This was posted on October 10 by Darian Bonthus. Says this is a devilishly good price for Diablo 4 on PlayStation platforms. So um, that's what it was. That's obviously done. Um, that was October 10 when they did the Prime Day Round 2. So if you didn't get it then... Um, you're probably not going to get that discount. Um, yeah, it's talking a little bit about the game itself. There's not a whole lot here, but if any of you got that, you know, through Prime Day Round 2, then good for you, because it was a lot less expensive than it was when it originally showed up. So, yeah. And one more thing. Training dummies are going to be added with patch 1.2.1 in Diablo 4, posted by Therid. And there's a way to configure the training dummies. There's this little box here that says, if you, you know, which one do you want? Do you want the normal training dummy, the elite, the boss, the single training dummy, or multiple training dummies? So according to Wowhead, training dummies will be added to Diablo 4 with patch 1.2.1 during Season 2. Blizzard has heard the community feedback, stating that many other Blizzard games already give players meaningful ways to theorycraft game aspects like character damage or skill rotation, and so should Diablo 4. With the introduction of training dummies in patch 1.2.1, at the end of October, players will be able to spawn different types of dummies in what appears to be a private instance in Kiovashad. According to the images shown during this week's Campfire Chat livestream, which I missed, but I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, a configure training dummy window will let players spawn on normal elite boss single or multiple training dummies giving the given the fact that blizzard is actively working on changes around damage calculation and character itemization having a meaningful way to test different aspects of a character power may that may have changed due to content updates will be very welcome we can also see a stash in the training dummies instances shown in the in blizzard's footage which makes a ton of sense if players want to test out different item loadouts for their different power levels so that's the end of that one. I don't have a whole lot more to talk about, really, but I think, you know, the BlizzCon stuff that you have to pay for unless you're going to BlizzCon, which means you're already paid for tickets, and you'll probably get all that stuff. I think that's cool. I think it's good that uh, Bobby Kotick is not going to be the main guy in charge of Activision Blizzard King anymore because, well, if you've been listening to this show at all, you know he's not really very nice to uh, a lot of people and... 
Yeah, that kind of thing. So there's that. I kind of think it's bogus that Overwatch hyped the Lilith uh, skin for Moira and the Inarius one for Farah, and then went, oh, you got to pay money for it. I, I think that's bogus. I don't think they should have done that. I think that's going to tick off a lot of players. But, you know, they do what they do. Yeah, and the only other thing I could think before I finish the show here is that Sometimes when two companies or a conglomeration of three companies and one other company merge together, sometimes there's layoffs. And I'm really, really hoping that's not going to happen for all the people that are still working at, you know, Activision and Blizzard and King, because that would be like the worst possible thing that could happen, you know. So I'm hoping this all goes well. I, I think it will. I think it's going to go well after all these months of trying to get the merger to go through or the acquisition to go through. I think people that work at Activision Blizzard King are probably having a sigh of relief because they know they're, they're not going to have Kotec in charge very much longer. And um, maybe that's, you know, the best thing to come out of this just right off the bat. You know, in a couple of months, it won't be him anymore. It'll be probably Phil Spencer or something like that. And that's where I'm going to end the show today. You have been listening to episode 430 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game. In our in-game community and clan, they're both named Shattered Soulstone and they're open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on on our Twitter at Shattered Stone, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening. <laughs>